Hey guys, I'm Chantel. And I'm Chris. And this is Forgotten Fridays. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Forgotten Fridays. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing good, slimy. What? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm fine. What does that even mean? No one knows what it means, Shan. It's provocative. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Today, I have another unexplained mystery for us to go over. As always, there are no definite answers, only theories, and I'm interested to know what yours are at the end of this. Okay, okay. So, Michael Chambers was 70 years old at the time of his disappearance. He was known as Pawpaw by those closest to him. He had nine grandchildren and six great-grandchildren. He married his second wife, Rebecca Chambers, in 1980. The couple adopted two boys, and he has two daughters from a previous marriage. After 36 years of service, Michael retired from Dallas Fire Rescue in 2008. He was in good health and wasn't known to have any medical or mental disabilities. At this point in his life, he was retired and just living the dream. For the most part, he could be found restoring old classic cars in his workshop for most of the day. Um, He was well-respected in the community, and he was known as a family man. He was last seen in Quinlan, Texas on March 10th, 2017. So I have, I have just, this is different than our usual case because not only I'm, I was at first like, wait, 70. And then I was like, wait, Michael. Okay. Okay. This is, this is a fellow, a fellow one of, of my side of the species. You know, this is, this is mm-hmm. a, a male. Um, yep. And he's an older man. Like, this is an interesting case, Shan. This is very interesting. Yes, um, and it's only going to get more interesting. But it's kind of sad. They it call is- him Papa. I know. <sighs> on March 10th, 2017, Michael spoke with his wife, Rebecca, on the phone around 8 a.m. And she asked him to go to the store and purchase her some mascara. Later that day, the security camera at the Quinlan Walmart did capture Michael entering the store and making that purchase. He then exits the store at 11.15 a.m. It is assumed he then returned home before noon. Mm. Is it assumed because he doesn't return home before noon or Um, or that he does and they just, they didn't? So what? I'm sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Um, because I'm I'm just trying to figure it out. Like, uh, so I assume he probably goes missing after this or sometime after this, right? So yes. that's why it's assumed. Yes. Yeah, so later on we'll go over the timeline, but I think it was between like I want to say twelve and three thirty, he could have went missing any time between then, because that's when I guess the neighbor, if I remember correctly, the neighbor was outside around the three-ish hour, so he would have seen something. And then he, we know cameras show he left around eleven fifteen out of Walmart. So that's just the time we know. We have to assume he went home because his. Well, let's just keep going and we'll see why. Rebecca returned home from work around six fifteen and became concerned for Michael when she didn't find him at home. She had texted him on the way home, but had not received a response from him, and all her calls had went straight to voicemail. The house and his workshop were both locked, and all the lights were out. Michael's keys and wallet were found in the workshop, as well as the items purchased at the Walmart store. 
and they were sitting on the restroom counter with the receipt in the bathroom trash bin. So we know he had to have gone home because the stuff is there. That does make sense. Now that adds up. But what doesn't add up to me then is a few things. Because originally when you said older male, I'm thinking, okay, maybe this is, he's being kid, you know, like someone's trying to rob him or something like that. Right. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he goes home, that 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 throws a wrench in that theory because that only that only works if you know like the stuff isn't there. You don't rob someone and then deliver their their stuff to their house like that's ridiculous. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Around six fifty five p.m., Rebecca reported her husband missing to the Hunt County Sheriff's Office. On March 15th, investigators and volunteers conducted an extensive search looking for Michael on on a five-acre area northeast of Quinlan, but no sign of him was found. A further search was conducted with a canine team. They picked up a scent in a heavily wooded area to the southwest of the Chambers residence on Deer Lane and FM 2101, but the scent was later lost. Hmm. So that to me is kind of, it could be, I don't know. I don't want to say it could be anything, but it's like, it could also be anything. Like he lives out here. Um, This sounds like a rural area. He probably hunts or something like that, you know? So he's probably been out in these areas. I can't, I don't know. That doesn't really, the canines are trained for that, right? They are. They are. And I mean, they can sniff drugs out of like a bag at the airport right so it's like you would you would think like this this would be nothing and do you know do you know what's strange about this shan just with like everything in the news i'm I'm just like i'm trying to not like think that did aliens abduct this man is he abducted by aliens i mean all this ufo talk maybe maybe well that's how i feel about a lot of these cases, like, remember the other guys and, you know, the two dudes, what, Jason Landry, um, and then the other guy that was in the calling the cops, literally, and his brother was there. These cases, that's what they remind me of. Is like, what happened to this person that it doesn't even look like anything bad happened to them. They just disappeared. Yeah. Uh, like, vanished. I mean, because you, you went home. I don't understand. But then, now that I'm thinking about it, Texas is really big. Like it's really big. Mm-hmm. That's so much area, so much uh, you know, like distance that you'd have to like scope out. But if the dogs caught the scent, that means that it should be a fresh scent, you know? Like that's yeah, that's, that's true. at least what I'd think. That's true. The surveillance footage at the Walmart did not seem to indicate Michael was in any trouble or being followed. A neighbor that was outside after 3 p.m did not report seeing anything out of the ordinary from the chamber's residence. And investigators believe whatever happened to Michael occurred between noon and three 30 after he came back from the store. So again, that's their timeline. There is noon and three 30. This is, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm waiting because this one has, it has something far different than the others. Yeah, this case has actually gotten a lot of media attention um, because 
there's a couple little twists and turns so yeah get ready now when michael was reported missing authorities found his truck and wallet at his residence but his cell phone and driver's license and some cash was missing they also found a small amount of blood in his workshop which left a trail leading to the door the blood was later confirmed by dna tests to be michael's a private investigator that worked on the case would later estimate it was half a pint of blood. When searching the warehouse, police recovered a bloody dowel. After further examination, the blood on the ground was in splatters going in a certain direction before it just stopped near the front door. So like right before it stopped right before the front door is what I was trying to say there. After doing an inventory of the warehouse, they found that a tarp and a bicycle were missing also. Investigators initially believed maybe Michael got injured in the workshop and walked away looking for help. The theory that he had been taken against his will was also suspected, yet they found no sign of a struggle that indicated foul play. So regardless of the fact that he's just up and vanished, they don't have anything that really says he's been hurt even if there's blood on the ground i mean this is his workshop he works on things here you know if you're robbing someone this is professional means to go through to rob this person you were like this is like manipulating the crime scene okay a few splashes of blood here this will throw them off this is like top tier level of robbing someone and i don't understand it and a tarp and a bicycle or like so specific you know that's true i just i personally don't understand now what i could see is maybe he but why wouldn't you just take the car why would you bicycle the tarp you know why would you use a tarp to, to hide a, because my thought is maybe he injured injured himself in the workshop you know mm-hmm. and i don't know maybe he's trying to take care of himself I, I don't understand. But like, where would he go? That's what's weird to me. Like, whether you injure yourself or not, you just walk into the oblivion? Yeah, that that's another thing. Like, this would... And that's what I'm saying. Like, they if it was an outside party of human means, they would have to, like, go through crazy means to make sure that they actually get this old man. And he seems very well-loved in the community, so I just don't understand why there would be a motive for anyone to want to right. do such a thing. Yep. Um, I don't see it either, but I don't know. Let's see what we think as we go further. Uh, a blood spatter expert was later brought into the scene. His examination found that the precise and circular blood stains could have been staged. The bright color of the blood also hinted at the possible presence of an anticoagulant. Anticoagulant. Mm. Word of the day, kids. Anticoagulant. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, there did seem to be some friction between the family. On March 20th, 2017, Michael's wife cut off the family's cell phone plan, removing their adopted son and suspending her husband's service, claiming to be struggling financially. So remember, this is after he's gone missing. He went missing what? The, um, let's see. What day did he go missing? It was the 10th, right? Yep, the 10th. So by March 20th, she's cut off the cell phone plan and removed the adopted son 
and suspended her husband's service and she said it was because she was struggling financially on april 20th 2017 she filed for a death certificate through the court system to have chambers declared dead by doing so she claimed that she could sell his truck and other possessions to pay for bills including a fully restored red 6569 ford mustang Soon after his disappearance, she sold the rest of his old car collection, moved out, and put her home up for sale. Michael Chambers was legally declared dead on May 26, 2017. So to be clear, a month after he's went missing, she declares him dead. Yeah, I mean, she he's missing like for, for a month, though, you know? So it's like... What is the the correct amount of time to give before doing something like that? Because, I mean, a month for a person who's just like, I don't care what I don't care. What the fuck? Chris, if I go missing for a month and you would you Chris, would you declare me dead after a month of missing? No, no. That's insane. I'd come back to haunt your ass. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you're not even gonna try. <laughs> what's that, what's that one? Um, it'd be like uh that that one movie where the dude's like already he's not dead, but he's trying to. Uh, I know which one it is. It's the lucky ones. It's uh, the lucky one with uh, I love that. Wait, movie. wait, no, 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 not that one, not that one. Charlie St. Cloud. I'm tripping. I got my Zac Efron's mixed up. I love Zac Efron. (laughs) Yeah, Charlie St. Cloud, where the girl's like trying to, you know, send her spirit to him to. That was a a really good movie. movie. Yes, if you haven't seen that movie, you guys should watch it. (sighs) Dang, that movie made me cry. Don't watch it if you don't want to cry. I I cried like a baby on that. It's a good movie, though. But anywho. In June June 2017, Chambers' wife took a polygraph test she was previously unable to complete due to prescription medication she was taking. During the test, authorities discovered she had multiple affairs during the marriage. She claimed her husband knew about them but never confronted her. Authorities later brought in her alleged lover for questioning. He took a polygraph test, which he passed, and his alibi checked out. Rebecca did give police a detailed account of her day. Investigators did retrieve her cell phone and triangulation information. The record shows that she made five work calls in the morning. At 2.20, she called her alleged lover, who returned this phone call at 2.53, and then again called her at 3.08. After these phone calls, her phone quit pinging to cell towers. Between the time of 3.15 and 4.51, her phone was off. What the hell do we feel about this? Right off the rip with her. <laughs> I just I'm already like I can't I can't stand you. I don't like it. Um now I it's have a, too much. She's yeah, I have a much. few a few pet peeves in life. One of those is cheating. I just don't understand it. You're in a relationship with a person, why are you in it if you want to be with someone else? Just be with that person or just don't be with anybody. Just just play play your play play the hand of being a dolo person without any uh you know, like person's heart in your hand that you could possibly shatter into a million pieces and scar them for life. And then they don't love the same anymore. I'm just saying, I'm just saying another thing, another thing. 
you obviously don't love him too much because you're already selling off the things that, you know, gave him joy, you know, like Mm -hmm. my thought with just any person who cares about you when they're going through your stuff, most times they'll want to keep stuff, you know, like, oh man, this, I remember him in this. He looks so, you know, like, so you're not having any of that. You're just, you're getting rid of it all. That doesn't, to me, ring for a person who loved this person and only thought of their well-being. Now, spinoff theory. And this is just a wild out of the blue theory that I I threw together in my mind as you were talking. Um, She calls him to, because she was the one that told him to go to Walmart. Mm -hmm. Someone comes in the house, right? She has something like someone come in the house. Because I get, there's no way they were already struggling financially and this man's living his best life out here, you know? Right. And then a month after, now it's hitting that y'all are struggling financially. He wasn't working. There's no way he was, like, working, right? I feel right? that, too. I'm right there with you. That's that's bullshit. You just wanted to get rid of the shit, I will say. Even if she didn't kill him, she just wanted to get rid of that shit because you're fucking right. He was literally living his best life. And she didn't. Okay, I see. I see. Because... You know, new man's is probably gonna, you know, she gonna move in with new man's and she had to get rid. She moved out of the house too. Like, oh my lord. Mm, Yeah, literally got rid of everything. So Rebecca makes some calls to Michael's daughter and his son before calling Michael's phone a couple times to see if she can get a hold of him. Michael's phone data showed that his phone was moving at four miles an hour which led the police department to develop the bike theory that he traveled on his bike to the bridge over Lake Tawakani, which was nearly eight miles from his house and committed suicide. But it should be noted that the bicycle ride would have taken three to four hours to get to the bridge. And the bridge was only about four to five feet above the water. So I'm not sure how plausible that really is, but his last cell phone ping was in the area of the bridge at 5.53 p.m. This goes back to my earlier thought that this is like just an elaborate scheme. Because I mean, yeah, you could because I originally thought that the, you know, he took the bicycle and was going somewhere after maybe injuring himself. But this seems like somebody, you know put the bicycle and all that in there just to throw confusion in mm-hmm. doing something to throw confusion. That makes it like, well, because you didn't suspect this person. That's how it goes in the mystery. And movies. Again, you didn't succe- why would, why would he need to end his life? You, we, you just mm. said it. He's living his best life already. He's already working on cars, which is what he likes to do and hanging out mm. and, you know what I mean? He just went to go get his wife some mascara from the store. Like, it, he doesn't look sad in the video like they said at Walmart. He didn't look distraught or anything like that. So why would he just randomly go kill himself? Yeah. I don't know. Um, and I mean, you know, it actually just struck me. You said one of the cars that, that she sold is one that he gifted to her, right? Mm-hmm. Why would you sell that? That doesn't really add up. I mean, that's an, a fully restored, you said 1970? Fully restored red. Yeah, 6569 Ford Mustang. Mm, yeah, see, that's, that's, you could probably fetch you a, a good bit. I actually kind of want to look it up to see how much you can make. 
because, I mean, that could be pretty tempting that if this person was gone, you could make all this money. Money will make people do crazy things. And this is where you remember last case, I was saying that money could be with the, with the dad money mm-hmm. could be an issue as well. So I'm never putting it past just the human mind to do something so low, so evil, though. It's so evil to me. I just, I don't put it past. I would like to think that people wouldn't do things like that, but you never know. Yeah, it's true. I mean, as we see every week with these cases, somebody always is willing to do something horrible or these people wouldn't be going missing unless it is aliens like you said yeah and then to which aliens chill chill on that (laughs) can we talk no yeah (laughs) dang Um, no i'd go with you i'd go with you if we talked if we talked you could definitely get me to go on shit (laughs) i mean all for me all you'd have to say is we don't have rent up here Okay, I'm coming. <laughs> you said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, like no rent or water or electric either? <laughs> we just like doing a few it. tests? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of Chambers' adoptive sons, Justin, was also suspected in the course of the investigation. Justin was reportedly said to have recently fought with his father over a money issue. Investigators brought him in for questioning and subjected him to a polygraph test. He passed the polygraph and his alibi checked out. On July 13, 2017, Chambers' wife called police and requested a protective order against her adoptive son, Justin, who allegedly questioned her in his father's disappearance. Why does he seem like a viable suspect to me? Mm-mm, mm. No, see, I was gonna, my mind was going there. Who else no. would have access to the house? Other but than a family member. Notice that he does seem like the most viable subject uh, suspect, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like that's in some of these. I feel like that's how they want it to look, though. Like they know, like it, it's strange that Justin had this, you know, fight with his dad about money, and then you know, I'm but just then saying. Wouldn't the wife be more of the expected suspect? So really, the son would be like. The Lisex, you would expect the son to, you know. I mean, both people, you told me that this was a nice man and this is the type of people he has to put up with. This is sad. I know. He, Paul Paul Steve said, like, so sweet. I, so, I just wanted to be known that, you know, like, and, and this is just one of those, like, small tidbits that I'll just throw in there. This just further goes to show that you never know what a person is going through. So, you know, like I see so much hate of people just like hating on people. And it's like, but you don't know what that person's going through when you're delivering that hate. Maybe they already have enough hate and they just need some positivity, some love. Yes. yes. There were theories about a possible suicide. Investigators reported having traced Michael's cell phone signal to a two-mile bridge on Lake Tawakani before switching off around 5.15 p.m. on the day he disappeared. They conducted a search around the lake where divers were sent to check underneath the bridge but found no sign of Michael's body. The case is still ongoing, though investigators believe all signs point to suicide. Police suggested Michael might have rode a bike out to the lake and threw it in before jumping in himself, like I said earlier. 
to me like okay if you said the lake was only four to five feet and you don't find his body that means that didn't happen like it's not like he got I mean, that is not... Am I tripping or what? Again, though, Texas is really big. Who knows how big that lake stretches up? Maybe. But... I don't know. That's I, I just hate when they say they don't find a body. To me, how do you not find a body? The really sad thing is, is that though earlier I said this is different from our normal cases, I this is still... You know, like, though this is a male, this is an older male. So it's like, I mean, any, you know, like, no, no, old men have old, there is old man strength. Yeah, Yeah, there is old man strength. So you couldn't just get him easily. You couldn't pull up on him like that, I would say. And he's former military. Exactly. And it said he has no health issues. He's in good shape. He literally works on cars. He's a mechanic, pretty much. So yep. He's still so, out here. But if someone who he loved pulled up on him, you know? Like his son. See, the son, I'd say just because, you know, a mom would want, but she did take him off the plan immediately. No, look, earlier, remember I said earlier that she, let's see. She had called and requested a protective order against him, but it says it was because he allegedly was questioning her about his father's disappearance. So he could still just be a distraught son thinking that she did it, you know? Yeah. And I could see her being, see, I'm glad that me and suspect, but that may mean that now he's becoming more of a, I don't want to, I don't want to point it. I don't want to point it just because I would hope that this man had, you know, some peace at the, at the end, I'm hoping that maybe he just he took a walk and now he's chilling in the Caribbeans, you know, like like he just decided to leave it all behind. I'm that's what I'm hoping. I mean, his wife was cheating on him. I guess he does have a reason to if it if that really hurt him or something. Yeah, I I could I can completely see that, you know, just just leaving and going out to going out and living your best life. Maybe he took the money too, like just. That's true, and that's took why took some money, broke. too. Yeah, you know. Chambers' relatives don't believe the suicide theory as a likely explanation for his disappearance. The only bike Chambers owned was still at his residence in a state of despair, and the 17-mile ride from the house to the lake was deemed unlikely, given how bad Michael's knees had been. So, again, I like I said, it was like a three- to four-hour bike ride that he would have taken to kill himself. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He'd have to have been very dedicated, that's for sure. Especially if his exactly. knees hurt and stuff. There's no way. Um, now, if someone were to have, you know, just put him in a car and, you know. Mm-hmm. But then where's his set body? Set up the scene, you know. Where is his body? That's what's weird to me. But Klein Investigations and Consulting, an investigation company, was asked by a family member of Chambers to perform an independent investigation regarding his disappearance. During this investigation, they interviewed over 100 people, performed extensive ground searches, and collected evidence. This led to the company announcing in April of 2019 that they believe that Chambers' case was a homicide. 
Cadaver dogs made a positive hit for human cadaver scent on Chambers' former property, which led investigators to believe that the body had been moved from that area. The private investigator on the case, Philip Klein, reported that whatever happened to him most likely happened at his house and believed his body is probably within a three-square-mile radius from his home in Hunt County. Oh, my. Shan, I just want to say, if anything ever happens to me, go to a private investigator off the rip because this is the second case with a private yep. investigator coming in and shaking up the scenes, you know, like, like shaking everything up. And then they could have been spitting like major facts oh, because yeah. this does sound reasonable. I feel like with the main police, I don't know what it is funding, whatever, but when it comes to cases, if they don't have anything, they don't exhaust all options. They just ignore it because, I don't know, maybe they just want the manpower. I don't know. But, yeah, private investigator because they're able to focus only on this and find everything. Mm-hmm. Remember, like, you know, like, I don't know. I just, I feel the same way. Private investigator because the police, I, don't, I hate being like they don't care. But I mean, it almost is like they don't care. <laughs> But you you did bring up a good point. A private investigator can focus on this one thing, whereas yes. cops are, they have to like focus on several little things. Right? Because there's and this is what happening. I will say for cops. That's that's you know. Yes, I, and I agree with that. Mm-hmm. No evidence of foul play was found in Michael's disappearance, nor any evidence that he is still alive. He was declared legally dead on May 26, 2017 by his wife, Rebecca, two months after he went missing. A $25,000 reward is being offered by the family to anyone who provides information leading to Chambers' whereabouts. Authorities are investigating the case as a missing person under suspicious circumstances. And his case to this day remains unsolved. So what do you think, Chris? What happened to Michael Chambers? All right, Shan. So I have, for most of these, I've been able to to piece it brick by brick. But for this one, I can't find, like, the wife, you could go with a motive there. The son, you can go with a motive there. But I can't find any true, like, motive, like a motive that actually could fully work without, like, ruling in someone making a poor decision you know like without the possible thought that maybe one of them snapped because people can snap you know like wife could snap son Mm -hmm. could snap that's just that's just human nature but i can't see i don't want to see that personally with this one i I just don't want to see it because i feel like everyone deserves a little piece of happiness and he was just trying to live his best life. So I'm hoping my man's Michael Chambers is out in the tropics right now. And he's going to yeah. come back one day to collect that 25000 by, you know, finding himself and then being like, <laughs> oh, man, I got lost in the tropics. You should have seen it. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I, I do, honestly. So but that's I, what I hope. I hope that type of a situation for all of these cases. Because mm-hmm. you're right. It is fucked up to think. That you can live on this earth and that someone can choose that you don't deserve to be here anymore and take that right from you. It is no one's right to take. And it's fucked up that people fucking do that. It's sad that these families don't get answers. If Rebecca, if the son, if none of them were involved, 
not only do they not get answers, but they also have the suspicion on them too. You know, even if they weren't involved, think of how it feels to be a son and be like, everyone thinks I killed my dad and I didn't. I want to know what happened to my dad, you know? Um, So there's so much that goes into it. It's a shitty situation. Uh, I'm with you. I hope that Michael is out there living his best life, that he said F you to his cheating wife and went out there to gone girl it. Because I'm totally fine with that. Um, 100%. You know, and other than that, that's it. So, also, another small note. With Daryl being added into my list of names, I just, I don't I don't trust this person. Rebecca. <laughs> I'm adding oh. Rebecca because I don't <gasps> dig it. Like, I've been hearing it back to back. And I'm like, I, you, you married a Rebecca? I hate doing Rebecca's like this, but... She's number two on my list now, unless <laughs> unless another one comes in. I mean, maybe Samantha could be on there. I'm just saying. I'm not gonna lie. I love our sister, but I have yet to meet a nice Samantha. <laughs> like... No, <laughs> no. Uh, and Sam, would you be nice if I wasn't related to you? I don't she know. Would not you know she wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she would like us. <laughs> no. Um. Well. A little description for Michael. Uh, He was a white male with blue eyes and gray balding hair. Chambers is 6'3 and weighed about 225 pounds. At the time of his disappearance, again, he was 70 years old. It isn't known what he was wearing before going missing. He typically wears a Dallas Rescue t-shirt and baseball hat. Michael Chambers has a, a small scar on his upper lip from a prior auto accident. He also has a surgical scar on his right knee and both shoulders. If you have any information regarding the disappearance of Michael Chambers, please contact the Hunt County Sheriff's Office at 903-453-6800 or call the We Help the Missing tip line at 866-660-4025. Guys, I do list this information in the show notes. If you have any information on any of the cases that you hear about on our podcast, please reach out to these numbers and let them know. Um, I love telling these stories. I don't want to say I love, but I enjoy telling these stories. I enjoy reading these. Well, I don't want to say I enjoy reading. Oh my God. But you know what I'm saying? I, I'm going to read them either way, but I also like to put it out there so that if anyone hears it and knows something, they can say something because that's all it takes to solve these cases is just information we don't have any information that's why the friday episode is always 30 to 45 minutes because there's so little information on these missing person cases so if you know anything even if it's the smallest thing speak up call the numbers they're always in the show notes anything helps yes i a hundred percent agree with you on that because i would love to see justice come to all of these cases at least a definitive answer conclusion to the story because i i get what you mean it's like i enjoy i enjoy being able to do this i enjoy that we can you know pick each other's brains on these um bewildering cases um but at the same time it is something that's like damn that hurts that the that to even think humans can react in such a way like so barbarically to someone else like it would it hurts because it's like dang this is still the world we live in you know yes yes and 
I am someone who knows how it feels to have a friend or loved one that is missing. Mm-hmm. Um, my friend Susanna to this day is still missing. She, um, we told her story on episode two. There's so many what ifs, what if, what ifs, um, but no answers. And speaking up about this is important to me so that at least somebody can have an answer. It may not be me. It may be someone else. It may be the Chambers family or it may be any of, you know, Jason Landry's family or somebody can get an answer because there's nothing like having to wonder what happened. We want to hope that they're just on an island living their best life. But like you said, like, sadly, there are so many barbaric people that we know that that likely or may not be the answer, you know? Mm-hmm. But either way, we're going to continue to tell these stories. If you haven't listened to any of our other episodes of Forgotten Fridays, you should. There's so many twists and turns in all of them, and I'm just into true crime. Are you into true crime, Chris? I'm into <laughs> it. And you know what? I would be very interested um, to see a post of yours one day with people's like theories underneath it that would be pretty cool um i know i would love to see that too speaking of that if you do have any tips case suggestions anything like that please feel free to 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 uber wow to uber it to you (laughs) can you uh can you just put the documents in the in the vehicle and just have them ride out with it please feel free to send us an email at two addicts podcast at gmail.com or send us a DM at Two Baddicks Podcast on IG. Um, reach out to us, comment if you have Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. Um, and then, I don't know, I think that's it. I think that's all I've got for today. Don't hit my sister's DMs after 12 a.m. Oh, or, my land. Yeah, 12 a.m. She is a classy lady, a mother of two. Guys, don't need I don't no. even be up at two at twelve a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I be classily falling asleep to some true crime <laughs> documentary. Mm. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but that is all for today. We will have another case for you guys on next week's episode of Forgotten Fridays. So catch us next Friday. And of course, if you're into the shows and the movies. Catch us on Tube Addicts Tuesday, where me and Dee will talk about all the nonsense that we've watched on Netflix, Hulu, Prime, whatever the hell it is. And Chris, I hope you have an excellent week until we speak again on Forgotten Mm -hmm. Fridays. Same, same. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.